adventure through a wasteland twisted by dark magic, undead monsters, and contagious insanity where life and death are no longer opposites, but a spectrum of cruelties. Emerging from the dregs, an old king makes one final attempt to save his realm. Today's episode is brought to you by the newest project of Lee Ellis, author of the Kill Dash series, God Blood is a grim, dark short story with the audio runtime of two hours available on Audible and a digital print available for those that prefer reading. This exciting adventure is available now. But parents beware, it's not for the faint of heart. Stay tuned after the episode for an exclusive audio clip of God Blood. This episode is brought to you by Smoky Mountain Collector Showcase, a show for all things collectible in the heart of the beautiful Smoky Mountains. The next show will be October the 1st from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter for all the updates for this amazing show. Again, Smoky Mountain Collector Showcase. Welcome to the Nerdy Old Men Podcast, the greatest nerd, geek, and pop culture podcast in history, with your host, Redneck Wes. He keeps screwing up, people. And that old bald man, Chad. Come on, man. This is a fun place. Don't be a Hey, all you awesome nerds. We are back. This is part two. Of Fanboy Expo 2022. In Knoxville, Tennessee. This is part two. And uh, we got a lot of good things on this episode, too. So uh, we got some stuff just, lined up that we hope you'll enjoy. Just like last. Hopefully you haven't walked, listened to this in reverse. But if you did, go back and listen to part one. And <laughs> you'll realize that these uh, con episodes are little segments of things. With interviews with uh, artists and uh, authors and celebrities and our friends and just good stuff. So uh, stay tuned. And, uh, man, I've got some pretty good stuff coming yeah, down I here, think, man. Yeah, I so. think people are going to be really entertained yep, with this. Yep, so yep, yep. Uh, Just uh, join us and stand more by. More to come. Yep. Thank you for taking time to, to do this. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I know you've been busy, Mr. Shimmerman, but uh, but we, uh, we're we big fans of you ourselves, and uh, and I know our listeners are too, so we really appreciate that, and uh, Jumpmaster Press for bringing you over here. So Yes, we have to thank Jumpmaster Press because I wouldn't be here without them. Yes, yeah. So um, you guys have been really selling the books. And uh, and we know you and our and our, our fans know you from from uh, your acting from Star Trek from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, all those good stuff. But tell us about your book because that's what we're interested in. Well, I am uh, besides being an actor, I'm also a Shakespearean scholar. I teach uh, Shakespeare at University of Southern California, USC. Uh, I've been a classical actor all my life. That's how I started my acting career, and uh, I've been teaching Shakespeare. So. My books are an outgrowth of my teaching and my studies. My book is about uh, England in 1583. Uh, it, it deals with a, a problem that was happening in history at that time, which was the conflict between Catholicism and Protestantism. Trying, both were trying to establish themselves in Europe and in England, especially in Eng- England, where people were dying for it. We were all familiar with, the, with the Elizabeth's predecessor, um, Mary, Queen of... Uh, excuse me. Uh, Mary Tudor, who, uh, who was nicknamed Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. And the reason she's called Bloody Mary is she killed off tons and tons of Protestants. Uh, Elizabeth could have been called Bloody Elizabeth <clears throat> because she killed off lots of Catholics. So this was a conflict that was going on. My novel is a, is a historical picture of that, but it's also a, a fantasy 
because it involves the characters of Twelfth Night from Shakespeare's play Twelfth Night. And what happens is um, the powers that be in England have sent a spy, a man named John Dee, a historical character and a wizard, to uh, investigate the loyalty of a particular count uh, in an island in the English Channel. And that count is Count, Ali- uh, count Orsino, uh, who is uh, pr- uh, arguably the, the lead character in Twelfth Night. Or at least male character, anyway. That that sounds really neat. And Wes is is a history major, so put me on the spot. Yeah, here so now. I know I know he's he's very interested in that as well, too. So we're dealing with the Reformation. We're dealing with all sorts of power grabs. Uh, there's the Catholic League. There's Francis Walsingham from uh, the English Spy Network. Um, we're dealing with a lot of history. The book is is fantastical. But it has great gobs of history, great gobs of religion, in it, and and, uh, and 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 the backstory or the pre-story for the characters in Twelfth Night. Wow. I mean, I, I also think that that when you take when you take historical reference and, and put it with some fiction is when you get the really best stories because I think that that because you can go back and see okay this stuff actually happened but now we're going in a kind of a, a different but same direction with it and I think that's fascinating. I think you've put it much better than I have. Thank you. Well, I don't know about that. I've been talking all day, but I mean I know you have too. So <laughs> I don't know if my words are making sense or what. But that's fantastic, and folks can find that at Jumpmaster Press. Jumpmaster Press. Uh, they have a website uh, if, if you're not here at the convention. Uh, they're also, they represent quite a few wonderful authors. Uh, the two publishers are wonderful authors themselves. And uh, they have a, a new way of selling books. They, they go in, they sell books to bookstores, but they also travel around and have a traveling bookstore as well, which that, is what we're doing here today. That, yes, and you guys have been wearing it out over there. Because every time we come by to, to speak to Gene, it, you, you've it been very, very busy. <laughs> so, Gene is a very happy man. <laughs> so, you know, like, yes, like I was, Gene is. Yes, and Gene said, you know, we were, uh, I was speaking to you on your way back over here, but that, that when looking into your, uh, your, your career and everything that you've done, which is amazing, um, I didn't realize you had done so many voiceovers for games. And, yes. And, and Bioshock in particular, which is one of my favorite games, and, and his voiceover is one of the bad, bad, bad guys, and, and it was fantastic. I didn't realize that. Thank you. I think I won some awards from yeah. for that performance. Um, the great thing, I'm a character actor. I'm a very short, balding character actor. There's only a limited amount of parts that I can play on camera because of the way I look. The great thing about doing voiceover work is that you can play anything as long as you're, you can get a voice to match it. And, I, and, and for instance, Andrew Ryan from yeah. Bioshock, um, uh, I've won awards for that. But when they do the movie, um, I will never be considered for that because I don't look anything like Andrew Ryan, nor would they consider someone who looks like me to be that sort of a leading man. So it's great work. It, ex- it expends my ability to do things. And, and in the case of... Of much of the voiceover work that I've done, the writing has been excellent. Certainly, Bioshock was excellent writing, um, and uh, I, I also do another franchise called Ratchet and Clank, and uh, the writing in that, in a different way, because that's comical writing, is just phenomenal as well. That's that's awesome, and obviously we we know you from your time on Star Trek as well. And w- one interesting thing I saw when I was looking into it was. Uh, it, is it true that you would take uh, and have rehearsal sessions with the other Ferengi? Thank you for asking that. Yes, I'm very proud of that. Um, it wasn't just the Ferengi. Uh, actors, um, they when they shoot a TV show, they show up, uh, they rehearse it for about a half hour in front of the director. Uh, uh, then they go off for a half an hour while they light it and set up all the other things that have to be set up. 
Um, because we wore prosthetic makeup, um, which made it hard to hear, um, I found that the best way to come up with the best performances was to gather myself and, and the other actors together at my house during the weekend and rehearse the scenes so that we were sort of ahead of the, the arc um, and, and, and had more of a grasp of what we were doing and not limiting to just that half an hour when we're in front of the director. And I believe a lot of the good work that we came up with came out of those rehearsals on the weekends. And, and it's a tribute to the other actors who gave up their weekends, didn't make a penny by coming to my house. Uh, they got lunch, but that's about it. Um, and, and we came up with some wonderful relationships. But that had to be amazing to, to bring life to those characters. You're like, look, this is, you're, you're creating the Ferengi. Because that had never been done before, before you guys started doing it. So, you know, I'm sure that anytime there's, hey, we got Ferengi, do they, like, ask you, you know, is this right, or do they just kind of go back to what you've already put on film? Well, I was told during Next Generation, before I we, we did Deep Space Nine, that when anyone was cast as a Ferengi, they had to watch my episode from, um, from Next Generation. So they learned that way. Um, and certainly... The people who came on to Deep Space Nine to, to do Ferengi, they they probably also were sent episodes of mine from Deep Space Nine in order to see what the characters were like. Um, we were stepping in wet cement and putting our footprints there, and then other people had to follow. I, I love that. Yeah, so he, I mean, he, you could say that he's the father of that alien species from Star Trek. Uh, he, you could, yes, absolutely. Uh, um, because I'm not fond of my first performance as a Ferengi, uh, where the cement was the wettest and my footprints were the deepest, um, you could say that I'm just not happy with that first episode. That's all. Well, it, 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 just like in everything, I guess practice makes perfect. And, and, and you, well, exactly. you, created the, you created the race. You guys created the characters. And by bringing those folks in to your home, you perfected that. Yes, I think you can say that. We, we did create that race, and, and I hope to have done with the Ferengi that, that Michael Dorn did with the Klingons. Yeah. Uh, the Klingons were not much appreciated in the, in the original series, and Michael and the, and the Klingons who played it in, in Next Generation did a great job of creating that species. And I, if, I, if I did half as well as Michael, I'd be very proud indeed. You know, there, uh, <clears throat> you may not be aware of this, but when, when we were uh, in, in high school, there was a, a video game, a text-based video game on bulletin board systems called Trade Wars. And the big baddie were the Ferengi. Hmm. And, <laughs> and they were super powerful and just whipped up on everybody. And they're very sneaky and very conniving. And if you blew their ships up, they had like explosives on it, which would blow you up too. And I think that was neat that, 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 that the characters and stuff that you helped create Pushed off, of course. I guess they stole the they, they stole the name and stole I, the, I think we were the a stuff. Loose I mean, with stuff yeah, in the, but, uh, uh, the but, but that was very that was very interesting. Go ahead, Wes. Well, I was just you know we were talking, but on DS Nine, the the Ferengi were probably the most human out of all the characters because uh, you got to see a lot of growth in Quark and and the way he interacted with everybody and saw the different because you had humans and Klingons and all the other races the, the Bajorans and he the way he interacted with each one and to me he was one of my favorite characters other than Chief O'Brien which I, I was a big Chief O'Brien fan on, on, on Next Gen I don't know why I just liked that character but Quark was because the bar was like so central to DS9 and it was like the place 
It, it was indeed. Uh, it was the watering hole for for many races, uh, as well as the as well as as well as the main cast. Um, and it, it was it was a very brilliant idea that Rick and Michael came up with in order to do this. The, uh, usually, major decisions were often decided in in ops on other shows, but but uh, in our case, a lot of times, major decisions were were decided in the bar. And there's something very real about that and thank you for saying the Ferengi were the most human I've always said that uh, uh, a lot of people don't like the Ferengi but but they but for the very reasons that they don't like us is the very things that make humans humans you're, you're absolutely right and and, and one other thing on, on on Star Trek is that uh, I, by saying that I, I've always liked Star Trek because it is different and it does show that many races and many types of beliefs can come together for a greater purpose and I've always thought that that was a, a great thing about that that type of science fiction that, that you don't find it well you always else. said it was more hopeful yeah it is very, very more hopeful there's always hope in Star, or Star it, Trek yes hope is always the thing that uh, I think Roddenberry was interested that the future would be a hopeful place doesn't look so hopeful right now but um it, 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 Roddenberry thought that we, w- we could all come together and, and do great things together. Um, I will say that one of the nice things I think about Deep Space Nine is um, people were indeed able, or different cultures were able to get together, but uh, it was always a little hard to believe that they could do that in 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> in, in Deep Space Nine, it usually took many episodes for that to happen, which I think is a much more realistic approach. That's fascinating. But, but absolutely, they did come together, and that's the hopeful thing. No, going back to your book real quick before we let you go, and we appreciate your time, sir, is uh, you've, you've got, uh, we were talking to Gene, you've got uh, a box set coming out with your with your third book in it, correct? That's correct. So um, when is that, uh, What can you give us the details on that? Sure. Um, the book itself comes out uh, for people to read on January the 24th uh, of next year, 2023. Um, we are in the process of doing pre-sales now. Um, the first two books have uh, each. The first book and the second book each came out on November the fifth, which is not only my birthday. Thank you very much, Gene. <laughs> but 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 also a holiday in England, uh, Guy Fawkes Day, um, which I'm particularly interested in. It's the only holiday that I know of where nothing happened. Um, <laughs> I love it. But so those two were out on November the fifth. This one will come out on January the twenty fourth, and. Uh, uh, it, it will be nice for people to read all the way to the end because it's, it's a long journey. Uh, I think it's a very powerful journey and, uh, and one that I think is, um, is one that people would like to read. Outstanding. So, Gene, we can, uh, we can go to, to uh, the uh, Jumpmaster, Jumpmaster Press, Press yeah. website. Yeah. Books, and uh, books one and two are available on Jumpmaster Press today. The yes. box set will be available for pre-order beginning October 4th yes. once we reveal the cover for the third book. Uh, all box set pre-orders for both paperback and hardback will be personalized by Armin, uh, so you'll get them when we start shipping them in January. Okay. All right, uh, Armin, what's what's next for you? Um, I also direct. So uh, uh, theaters asked me to direct a Shakespeare play coming up uh, soon. Outstanding! That's awesome. And you've got a website of, of your yes, own. Yes, I have my. If you want to visit my website, it's uh, arminshimmerman.com. So that's easy. Spelling of my name is difficult, but you'll have to look that up. <laughs> we, the, 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 the miracle of Google. That's right. right. Thank you, Armin. Really appreciate your time today. I know you're busy, and you, you, you've had a long trip and a, and a short flight the, the other day. They got you in a little late, but we really appreciate it. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you.
Hey guys, again, somehow we have convinced uh, Mr. Rich Davis to come by and sit down and talk with us. Twist my arm. Yeah, always. I always. held paintings for you, dang it. But, but not only. <laughs> you do hold paintings for me, actually. I put him to work this morning. Yeah. <laughs> but not only did we get Rich, Rich introduced this amazing Yeah, artist. man. So my boy, um, Les Garner. Uh, he came down from Paducah, Kentucky. Uh, Les is, um, he did some cover art for Cult of Dracula. Yeah. And he's also doing all six A covers from Reign of Dracula, which is my next book from Source Point Press. It'll be about in early 2023. It's the final chapter in my Dracula saga. So, um, you know, Les and I were talking, and um, we both have a love for old heavy metal magazines and yes. that style art. And that's what I wanted for Reign of Dracula. Um, so I said, uh, I don't know, are you an explicit podcaster? I need to beep myself in a second. Uh, you, you might need to have the uh, the delay on there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you guys know what's coming. It's like, mm, but you're not going to get to hear it because we got to edit it out. But so my, my words to Les when he's like, okay, what are you thinking for the covers? And I said, I want it to be metal as beep. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm following you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, so, uh, and, it, and Les, I mean, he was just oh, he like, did it. yes. I mean, and I saw it earlier. They're over gorgeous. There. Yeah, yeah. we've got amazing. the original art set up here at Fanboy Expo, and it's yeah. fantastic. The, the originals are <laughs> the, the originals are all four feet tall, yeah. and what is it like thirty two inches wide? So like the whole thing comes out, they all connect, and it ends up being four feet tall by sixteen feet long, <laughs> and it is amazing. This, yeah, this it's it's this, this connecting scene. cover mural. It's yeah. beautiful. It, it reminds me not only the heavy metal, but like like the early TSR like. Paintings because mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. weren't they weren't drawings they were paintings yes. that oh, they yeah, did in, in the D and D books. Old Larry Elmore stuff. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh dude, let's see. I'm, I'm I'm in Western Kentucky now, but I'm an Eastern Kentucky boy. Yeah. And so is Larry Elmore. Elmore, it's yes. Like, like it's it's in our blood to do that kind of and stuff. And I could there. see that in it because so cool. I mean, oh, yeah. I know this was something. And seeing how this is a podcast that is not a visual meaning, we'll post you pictures. You can imagine. You can imagine. <laughs> but the picture of dresses on on the three female vampires. Like you can see, like the shine, like the sheen, like yeah. it flows. I appreciate that. That was a really cool detail that you worked in to these that paintings. Was, that was fun, not easy, but fun. <laughs> I can imagine. Like it, it's, I mean, it, when you're when you're working with paint, like trying to get like a shiny sort of fabric like that, um, it's it's tricky. You know, it's like there's 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 actual rules to it and stuff you can get into and. And I, you know, it's like you can systematize it to a certain degree, but it, it never, it, it's weird, man. It, it's it's always a tricky thing to try to pull off. And this guy decided, I still don't understand why. So one, he decided to paint them huge, which yeah. is first insane. Yeah, yeah, those aren't small. No, <laughs> no. But no. then he decides to paint them outdoors on his in, barn. In, on his barn yeah. in Kentucky. In July, <laughs> yeah, bro, yeah, about half the we work. We gotta on think those. about this a little more. <laughs> think this yeah. through. I, I've told my son, I'm like, we're filing this one under just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> Watch Jurassic Park, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, but uh, he sent me a video, <laughs> and he's like drenched. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. But it, nah, I, 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 I really, I was supposed to start working on them like four, four months ago, but then some things came up some opportunities life. yeah, life, yeah in yeah. life that, that and I basically you know, moved to um, to western Kentucky on a little uh, got some got some land and a little farmhouse all this kind of yeah. stuff and so you know some things got in the way and you know we we wanted to have them done for this show and I was like 
Okay. Well, we're Con Crunch. So let's let's do it. So about two weeks ago, <laughs> about two weeks ago, I started. <laughs> you did that on, in two weeks. Yeah, yeah, I did that in two weeks. That's insane. Those it, trust me, and I'm not just blowing smoke. That's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing for like months of work. That's two weeks, and we're gonna have them on display at Nirvana Comics um, for until they sell. Uh, so they are for sale. If you oh, want to wow, come and okay. see them, um, it's original comic book art, um, and they're they're beautiful. Uh, and and uh, they're they're two thousand dollars each. Um, there's six of them. If you wanted all six, we can make some kind of deal on it. Um, but yeah, if you want to just take a look at them, come down to Nirvana. We'll have them on display starting next week. Um, you gonna put them over in the other the other not area? Not sure over there yet. I think okay. we might try to. You know those. Uh, you know the area where yeah. we got the yeah. the big twenty four by thirty six yes. posters. We might just pop them up there. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, you know, just that way more people can see them because right, yes. more people need to see Les's art. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, check I out um, Apocalypse Girl. Yeah, but Apocalypse Girl is my book. That uh, uh, on Apocalypse Girl, I am the writer. Penciler, inker, letterer, colorist, cover painter, and uh, if you hook up with me online, there's uh, some collectibles. Oh, wait, hook up with you online? I know we were doing that kind of show. This is not OnlyFans, guys. Or grinder, no, whatever no, no. you're into. I mean, I guess if you'll pay me, I'll start an OnlyFans, but you know, it's, it's, it's only, it's all only if you want your eyes to bleed. But uh, no, uh, you know, catch up with me. There's an Apocalypse Girl page on Facebook, and uh, there's also uh, some collectibles that I sculpt and 3D print them as they're ordered, and then I paint those collectibles. Oh, and he also designs D and D minis. Yeah, yeah, I do like D and D. Is there anything else that you possibly do at all? I mean, gee whiz, man, uh, he's in a he's a musician. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I've, I've played classical guitar most of my life. Wow. So tell me about the D&D minis again, because you, 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 oh, yeah. you, you These guys it, are you, D&D dorks. You tripped us yeah. up oh, yeah. on that no. one. Yeah. And they okay. won't let me play so, with them, and I'm <laughs> mad about you it. You need so to play I, with us. When I, you I, tell I, me about the haunted like doors, times, we'll when you, you said the haunted doors, you know. And, yeah. Yeah. No, no. So you, so, I, I, sidebar I, on that real quick. Sidebar on that real quick. You mentioned a cool mimic. This is a cool mimic, because this made me think of this. Was I saw this one guy, and he did a drawing. It's a it's a mimic. So most people think treasure yeah, chest. Treasure chest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was an outhouse. <laughs> oh, that's that's demented and awesome. <laughs> the mimic was an outhouse. Dude, I, I don't want to hear about outhouses. I didn't have indoor plumbing until I was eleven years old, man. <laughs> that would have ruined his childhood. Okay. Like, ah, so, ah. so tell us about the D and D miniature design so, stuff. So. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, outside of comics, I do three D modeling and animation. Okay. And have. Geez, since since the mid '90s, actually. Wow, and uh, been doing that stuff for a long, long time, and uh, since the days of DOS. Whoa. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah hand coded, hand coded 3D in DOS. But um, the minis uh, came about because I love D and D, yep. and you know it's like I I incorporated 3D printers into my shop because sometimes I get called on to do like. Uh, sculpts for different kinds of collectibles and stuff, and yeah. it's just better for me to be able to run off masters or proofs and stuff in the shop, so I can check everything. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I play D and love D and I've been into D and D since I was a little fart. And um, I was like, you know, let's let's do a Patreon. So I have a Patreon. It was started again. A lot of things got paused because of the big move. We moved five hours from right. Eastern Kentucky yeah. to Western Kentucky. Yeah. So, uh, but there is a Patreon there that, um, um, on the minis, my son also works with me. He does uh, 3D sculpting as well. So we work That's together. Cool. My son tag teams with me on doing these these sculpts 
Um, and we've got a Patreon where we're releasing STL files for people to 3D print for themselves. I'm all and about that. Yeah, I just got a printer in the mail yesterday. A oh, filament dude. printer. He's got a, uh, I've got a, resin, a resin printer. printer. Oh. So. <laughs> I've got me and up. filament don't get along that well. But resin. Mm. Oh, dude, I can make well, resin I, I, I want to make uh, some terrain because I play Star Wars Legion. And oh, yeah. stuff, so I want to make some terrain. So that, that stuff's kind of a little bit yeah, better. I'm, anyway. our, well, I'm our D&D mini guy. Yeah, so. Oh, dude. Yeah, see, you you're kind of tall for that. We're not talking about height, Rich. That's not what we're talking about. If you go to go to Patreon and put in the word monstrosity. Monstrosity. We do want to post that link. Monstrosity is where the Patreon is at. Monstrosity on Patreon is where you can subscribe and get, like I said, we paused it for the move, but starting next month, uh, every month we do do a, uh, a model drop, and it'll be ten themed models. Oh, nice! So, like, we have some uh, have a set that's like uh, um, called like Women of the Realm. That's like villagers and stuff like that. We've got a, we've got sets planned out for the next two years. Nice. He uh, he showed me a beholder uh, when we because I we did a show together up in Paducah, yeah. Kentucky, uh, before he moved there actually, and it, this beholder was sick. I mean, I'm like I'm looking, I'm like, good lord, that's, that's so great. Cool, man. Right now, there's a I, I think there's an introductory offer on there for this dragon that no joke. When it's, it's like a seventy-five s- millimeter or something. No, it's 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 meant for like twenty-eight millimeter. Okay, but with its wingspan and everything, it comes out about that tall. Wow! Yes, it's please. got a nice big base. It's it, what a dragon should look like. It, it's yes. set up to it's set up to print in like five pieces, and they're all keyed to go together. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, it's, it's, that's. I'm really awesome. really particular about the setup and the keying and all that stuff. So it just goes right together. So make sure we we, we post the links to his stuff, Rich. What about uh, Cold of Dracula minis? We're and that's something I'm actually in. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you guys two scoops today. Okay. Oh, and and like, get, like legit, you'll be the first two people <laughs> or the first you know podcast I, I've said this on. Really? So some, the some first news. Oh yeah, there's big news. Um, well, actually, you know what? I'll give you three. One's not a scoop though, uh, okay. but it's big news. All right. So the first scoop. Uh, we are actually working now on a Cult of Dracula tabletop RPG. Wow! Um, it's going to be built on so the cool. uh, on the D and D five E because they will let you basically open source use their the OGL. Yeah, and so uh, I'm working nice. with uh, Jordan Dorenzo, the Dire DM, also on Patreon. Find him, Dire DM, okay. um, and uh, he uh, he he designs. Uh, he doesn't do 3D, but he actually does like sketches and monster builds, and okay. so, you know, stat sheets and all that. So he and I are working together. Um, and <laughs> so we're working together um, with Deepwater Gaming, uh, which Deepwater is um, the sister company with uh, my publisher, SourcePoint Press. Okay. Um, they're uh, both owned by Oxeye Media. And uh, Jacob over there has been bugging me to do some kind of game built in the, the Cult of Dracula world. And so, Jordan, so cool. and I, yeah, Jordan and I were talking. We're both D&D dorks. And uh, we were like, you know. We should just do a D&D tabletop game. And, you know, it's going to allow people to... You can play it in any time period, and there's a different uh, there's a different Dracula in... Each you know, time period. Each, each different time period. So if you play in the modern day, you get you get Mother Dracula. Yeah. If you play in uh, feudal Japan, you're going to get Jorogumo. If you play in the Cherokee Nation, you're going to get the Deer Woman. 
Um, so it's going to be really cool. And there's also like little mini bosses like her, yeah. you know, like the underling vampires. It's going to be a fun game. Um, Sounds you know, interesting. I, yeah, I'm writing the story uh, and the, you know, the, the mythos for it. And then Jordan is going to be turning it into, you know, the, the, the game. All mechanics. the mechanics and stuff. Uh, yeah. So we're really, hey, I, I, he and I have talked a lot about that stuff. He's really good with that too. So. Yeah. Jordan's Jordan's great. Yeah. Um, and so that we're hoping uh, we're hoping that'll be out in late twenty three or early twenty four. Okay. Um, so I'm writing uh, writing the mythos and things like that. Uh, about right this now. legendary podcast team. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll throw you in there. We'll, <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, well, we got to have a podcast in there somewhere, so why not? <laughs> and before you get to the second news, speaking of Mother Dracula, yes. his painting. Oh, my God. It's good, isn't it? it? Mama. It haunt my dreams. Yes. That is wicked. It's terrifying. Yeah. I now, mean, okay, you know I got right a question. Away. I got a question about that since we're going there. Did you tell him, okay, this is what I want, or did you say, here's <clears throat> the, idea. The, the ideal, run with it? So... A, a little bit of both. So when I was talking to Les, and I was like, okay, so the, the Reign of Dracula, it's the finale in the series. It's full-on George Miller, Mad Max, the world is beep. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> it's post-apocalyptic. I mean, it's the it's Ragnarok, the Battle of Armageddon, whatever culture you, you, or mythology you want to come to, it's the end of the world, essentially. Gotcha. Yeah. And um, so, and I said, you know, I kind of want some of these to be kind of homages to Walking Dead. Like, issue one is a clear homage to uh, Walking Dead 15, which is my all-time favorite Walking Dead comic, Rick riding that motorcycle. Um, And then, so we we toyed it with elements of that in the covers, and then after that, Les just ran with it. And um, the the look for, for, I just call her Mama, (laughs) the look for Mama on on the cover, number six, um, I basically just went back through, like, copies of Cult and Rise, and was just looking at you know different different takes, different shots of the character and stuff like that, and then looking at you know just taking in all the different art from that's that's been on the series so far, and I'm like, okay, this is this is the big dog character who is on the cover of the absolute drop dead finale of the whole damn thing. Yeah, like. It's got to be. It's got to be like, bad. Hey, this yeah. has to go. That ass is okay. This literally go has to go balls to the wall. I mean, it just is. Okay. Yeah. That's I'm like, great. Well, okay. No, we, we haven't set that bar real freaking high. <laughs> so, well, I mean, uh, you know, you're only competing with, you know, with Shannon Mayer and uh, who did Who Cohen. did a cover for me on uh, Apocalypse. Yeah. yeah I love she, she, she did a variant on uh, no, Apocalypse. No, that's Carla Cohen. Oh, Carla Cohen. Yeah. Okay. So. No, I think she, I think. I think they both did. Okay, right on. I so think they, I think news and number two. You say yeah. you had two bits of awesome okay, for so, us. So this one, if you're a fan, let me let this guy t- stop talking. We have Every the time voice, you talk, the, the, the voice speaker. on high. There we go. <laughs> you are really close to the speaker. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so. Um, Crap. Okay, this one's big for fans of my writing. I know there's like three of you out there. <laughs> Two of them are at this table. Well, yeah, right, and then my mom's the other one. So. Yay! <laughs> so, um, yeah, we don't believe that with the line that was over there at his table a little while ago. Right. Anyway, carry on, Rich. Man. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, I'm almost sold out. They thought, they thought they were in the line for McKay. Was what it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're here to see McKay. And while they're waiting for him, I'm like selling them books. You know, because that's what I do. <laughs> so, um, just signed uh, the contract uh, to um, uh, with Red 5 Comics. And I'm going to be releasing uh, Prometheus in Chains or, and this sounds pretentious as hell, Prometheus in Chains or Rich Davis's 
Frankenstein. Nice. Ooh. So we take. So excited uh, about yeah, that. I yeah. dude, I've been wanting to write this one. We've talked about that offline a little bit. Yeah, yeah and I'm it's been one it. like I have wanted to start because it's, it's been like Victor's been in the back of my head poking me and like, dude, dude, write my story, write my story, yeah. write my story, and I couldn't because I had to hit deadlines for yeah, Rise and Rain, rising. and I'm like, God, I really want to write this story, yeah. and so now I finally can. And so we're, it's just like uh, Cult of Dracula. It's a reimagining of Mary Shelley's original. Uh, Victor in this world is one of the German scientists that fled the Reich in World War II, 1939, and came over to the United States at Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Project and, Paperclip. And, yep, Project Paperclip, later to be called the Manhattan Project. Um, and he helped the Allies develop the bomb to defeat the Nazis. Okay. Um, so the the creature or the bomb becomes a metaphor for the creature because Victor believes, um, and it, it's really fun because I set him kind of opposite of Robert Oppenheimer. Yeah. Um, and in the beginning, Victor is very optimistic about the potential for nuclear energy, and Oppenheimer is not. But by the end, it flips, and Oppenheimer sees the potential, and Victor sees the destruction of the world um and it's also um personally this has been the most difficult script i've ever written in my life uh because there's a secondary metaphor um victor is dealing with grief um because Uh. his wife elizabeth uh was a brilliant scientist in her own right and worked on the Manhattan Project, but the radiation gave her cancer, and she passed away. Okay. So Victor is struggling with that, and he goes through the five stages of grief, and that becomes a another metaphor for the creature. Um, so it's it's going to it's been. I'm very proud of the work that I'm producing, and right. Jordan Dorenzo uh, is doing some beautiful pencil work um, on the book. It, it, I, I'm just in love with what he's doing. It's got a really noir feel to it, um, and can't wait to see it with the colors. Uh, but, um, yeah, I'm really, really proud of the book, but it is, I mean, I, I've actually, I had to call, no kidding. Um, so after I finished uh, issue one, I was so messed up. Like, I, I finished it. I'm writing the very last word. I turn around. I've got a little trash can behind my desk in the yeah. office, and I vomited. Yeah. And, I, and I've, I've called my therapist. You Because, know, guys, if you don't know, um, I suffer from PTSD and depression. My wife passed away in 2020. Mm-hmm. So this is a very personal story for me. Um, and, guys, if you're out there, if you're suffering from any kind of mental issues, PTSD, or anything like that, you're not alone. And I want to show that with um, with uh, my Frankenstein book. Yeah. You know, it's uh, mental health is important. I mean, if you break an arm, you're not going to hesitate to go to yes, the right. hospital. Right. There's no shame in getting help if you're I suffering. Completely agree with and, you on that. Uh, yeah. So you know, and I've had people, um, you know, because we had excerpts and things out about it um, over the years, and we talked. I've, I've talked about it a lot through Cult of Dracula too. And, you know, I have fans reach out to me all the time, and they're you know, and and I talk to them. Because yeah, you, that, that, that's that's the thing. Those of us who are in this unfortunate fraternity, uh, we need each other. And um, so yeah. I'm hoping that um, you know, I'm hoping Frankenstein's a very entertaining story. Uh, but I also hope it means something to those of us out there who uh, who do have uh, some some a burden to bear. Yes, absolutely. And oh, really and uh, Les is also going to be doing um, a series of covers um, for uh, Prometheus and Chains. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, it'll be. Uh, I can't wait to work with him on this because it's going to be a completely different uh, take than we did for Reign of Dracula. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I just I, I kind of nudged him about that because we were talking about it yesterday, yes. and I'm like, 
like one of my all-time absolute art idols is Bernie Wrightson. Okay. So yeah. he was like, because he asked me yesterday, he's like, think you'd be up for doing the covers on and he told me what it was and I'm like uh, are you freaking nuts of course I saw his eyes go oh, like saucers I'm like you're asking Bernie 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 yes, dude yes, it's yes. like he almost did the puss in boots look like please go yes, yes, and if you, I mean you're looking at less people are just hearing him he's, he's a big, a guy. big he's dude a big guy. Big guy. biker big looking guy. dude and to see him doing the he's puss like, in boots it's like, <laughs> it's like I, I want to do the Frankenstein it's like when Wes does it it's like yeah but when he does it it's like oh my god like, oh, yeah. <laughs> bad guys that, that's Awesome and rich. Okay. You always bring us the good news, man. I try. Man. I love giving the, it to you guys yeah, first. Yeah, and 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 wait, that sounded dirty. <laughs> it's, it's all right, baby. It's all right. <laughs> Just clean up when you're done. Yeah. Oh, oh. Wow, okay. it went straight off the rails. It always. Okay, I, I got a question for you real quick. I, I, since you're a fan and he's he's bringing you on board of this project, have you got an ideal bouncing around like what you want the creature to look like? I mean, is that well now? I'm I'm kind of a little I'm gonna say a purist, but not in the way people think. Like I'm a purist about working on a book because, like, with with rain, to my knowledge, there isn't any artwork done for the interior of that. So I actually have a lot of freedom. But where there is some stuff done already for the interiors on Prometheus, I'm gonna try and at least design wise evoke some of that and yeah. borrow some of that. Um, but work it into, you know, what I do on these. Uh, I am torn about it because I love, I love Bernie Wright's and pen and ink artwork. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I know that there's room for that sort of thing. But a lot of folks aren't familiar with, with his color work, which is also a huge influence on me. And I'm, I'm like... If I'm doing, if I'm doing this, I, I got to do paintings. I have no problem with that. That's awesome. I'm so. a huge Bernie Wrightson fan myself. Uh, House of Secrets for Swamp Thing appearance, yep. my all-time favorite cover of all. Which is why one of the very first variants that we did for Cult of Dracula was an homage to that cover. Um, and I, I adore it. I love Bernie. Bernie, Frank Frazetta, um, those guys. Yeah. Good God, that uh, artwork. Bernie, Bernie's, Bernie's color work is off the hook like yes. but but there's just not much of it right so you know folks don't really see that very often but like i'm thinking about this i'm like oh man let's let's, let's so that's, channel that's, some that's of that be an outlet man. for you to yeah I, I i would say you know stylistically i mean there's my style but then you know people that i that i probably will end up channeling on it i'm thinking i'm pro i'm gonna be taking a lot of inspiration from obviously bernie and probably um a guy i'm loosely friends with uh, glenn fabry Okay. Yeah, because cool. I, I really I, there's there's some techniques he has that I really love. So yeah, somewhere in, somewhere in that kind of range, and it'll be the, definitely noir, definitely nice. noir, probably a much higher contrast than the um, maybe not quite as colorful as the as the the, the yeah, Dracula I, I'm, stuff. I'm agreeing with you. I think it should be a little more muted, muted uh, yeah. heavy, heavy blacks, and yeah, yeah you know. but but yeah, it will be. Uh, monolithic and powerful. Nice. Right? That's that's what I'm going to shoot for. So and, we're um, excited for that. Folks in this area, um, you know, because I've, I've said it a million times, Rocky Top will always be home sweet home to me. So when I write, I write 
and I try to showcase this area. You know, there's, you know, Cult of Dracula, a lot of it takes place, um, you know, in Knoxville. Mina and Van Helsing and Jonathan um, uh, were, uh, you know, uh, Mina and Jonathan were students at UT. Yes. Um, you know, things like that. So uh, this one, it, it's going to be set in Oak Ridge um, and, uh, you know, the secret city and all that. So Jordan and I, um, we've been uh, we've been doing some deep research into Oak Ridge, uh, you know, in that time from 1939 to 1969. And uh, we've been consulting with Alin Milojevic, um, who is a local uh, local woman here. She is a uh, she's essentially a nuclear inspector. The DoD sends her all over the world to inspect um, nuclear reactors okay. and tell people if they're going to blow up or not. <laughs> and so I have been I'm so lucky that Alin is willing to lend me her time and her expertise to talk through because I'm I'm such. A stickler for details, and I, like I drive Jordan crazy. Um, like, like there's a tiny little thing. There's one of those Kit Kat clocks, you know, yep. the, the with the ticky tail. Yeah. And I put it on the wall, and I'm like, and he drew one, and I'm like, no, that's not the right one. That's the one from 1975. You got to do the one from 1955. <laughs> yes. It's the black one that first well, introduced yeah, the feet with, and the yeah. bow tie. And and okay, also to show you how just anal I am about details. Um, I'm, there's a scene. I mean, this is 1967. And Elizabeth is watching uh, something on television. Oh, the Super Bowl scene. <laughs> and she's watching. She's like, oh, what are you watching? Uh, it's this thing called the Super Bowl. It's not the World <laughs> Cup, but it's kind of fun. And so I figured we'd already established that it's 445 in the afternoon. Yep. Okay. And so I start researching and doing the math to figure out what would have been on, on television if you were watching CBS at 4.45 p.m. <laughs> nice. at Super Bowl One, So I, Jordan's That doesn't like, surprise me about you, Rich, at all. Okay, now, now it, it was the, the NFC-AFC title game, wasn't it? Because it didn't become no, the Super no, Bowl Super, until 3. 67 was called the Super Bowl. First day called Super Bowl. Yep. I was thinking that was – I was thinking, I thought it was Super Bowl 3. Trust really. me, he's done the research, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Super Bowl One. yeah. Sports nice. Guys. Sports yeah, the championship guys. games were pre uh, '67. <laughs> okay, I was thinking because the I was thinking the first Super Bowl game was actually called the, the first guys. two. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I like I like sports too, but I'm not like, <laughs> But yeah, so it's it's that level of detail. I mean, that's why sometimes it'll take me two days to write a page. Yeah, because yep. <laughs> I'm I'm like researching. That crap. was the wrong paperclip that they had there. Uh. <laughs> Okay, yeah. tell you another fun story that drove Jordan crazy. There's a, there's a thing where there's a side story about a, a bug in issue one, okay? And this at the end, something happens to the bug, and Jordan's like, you know, I kind of want to change it to a lizard. Um, there's a spider involved. And he's like, I kind of want to change it to a lizard because a lizard's more visually interesting. And I'm like, okay, hang tight. I start researching what types of spiders are native to East Tennessee that are capable of devouring a lizard? There's one that's native to, to East Tennessee. And it, believe it or not, it's those tiny little jumping spiders, the ones oh, that yeah, yeah. if you see them like blown up, they kind of look adorable. And yeah. I say that and I'm terrified of spiders. And they actually kind of There are no cute. adorable spiders. I, I do agree, no. but this is close. And Jordan's like, are you serious that you that you're – and I'm like, yes, it's got to be accurate. Because if it's not accurate, some nerd like me is going to pick it apart. Yep, that's true. <laughs> I'm sorry, but on page on page 22 of your comic here, yes. you had the, the wrong spider that's not indigenous <laughs> to this area. Oh. I had a guy when, with Cult of Dracula, legit, I had a guy. So when you first see Brom going to uh, the Whitby Asylum, okay, okay, he walks in. 
All right. Then later we see him in Dr. Seward's office. Is this the briefcase thing? The briefcase. <laughs> he's got a briefcase. I had a guy, a fan, reach out to me, and he's like, yeah, um, your continuity sucks. I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, well, so when you first see Brom entering the asylum, he doesn't have a briefcase, but when he's in Dr. Seward's office, he does. And I was like, he forgot it in his car and had to go back. Yeah, it's come, come on. Whatever. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but there's always oh, somebody out there that's going to do somebody. that. Man. <laughs> guys, thanks so much for coming over and talking with us and Man, taking time you. away from your booth because I, I, I know you guys are real busy over there. Thank you for letting us be there when you un, when you revealed the paintings because they're bad. Yeah, I love it, man. Appreciate it. Um, we'll post the links to both your all stuff as we always do with Rich, but you sure will definitely do that. And uh, go check out their things. Uh, go to his Patreon, subscribe, and, and get the minis because you know they're. Trust me, when you see the paintings on our social media, you're going to go, I bet you he can make some pretty badass miniatures. Oh, when, he, when he started talking STL files, my ears barked up because like, I'm like, oh, yeah, because yeah, 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 I can yeah, make yeah, stuff. Yeah. And with the with the subscriptions, there's three tiers. The first tier, you get raw STLs, and you got to slice them and all that stuff yourself. And I think it's it's like 10 bucks a month or something. Yeah. The, the second tier... Um, I provide them pre-sliced and supported. Oh, thank you. And that one's, I think that's 15 a month. And I think there's also the, there's like every every month there's 10, 10 normal pieces. Yeah. And then there'll be a hero piece. Nice. Right? And so on the second tier, you get the hero piece. And on the third p- tier, you get a res up version of the hero piece that's like double the size and added detail so that you get to print like a nice collectible like a bust or something yeah, awesome. yeah oh, larger version. so, well, so hit sweet. us uh, give us your stuff one more time just so, so everybody's got it so the miniatures and stuff are uh, patreon.com slash monsterosity okay so m-o-n-s-t-e-r-o c-i-t-y monsterosity um, and then anything else that you want to want to find from me you know like Mostly, mostly Facebook and Instagram uh, is either under Les Garner or uh, Apocalypse Girl. Okay. And Wes, I do have to correct myself because when you brought that up, I got a little okay. I got a, I got a little. You know, I had to look it up. So in I, the first Super Bowl, it was it was called the AFL NFL World Championship Game. It was nicknamed the Super Bowl. And then they started using Super Bowl in Super Bowl Three. Okay. So you're both right. We were both correct. <laughs> we'll call it a draw. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, as always, make sure you check out Cult of Dracula, Rise of Dracula. Yes. And uh, soon Rain. to be Reign of Dracula. Yes. By the way, cool thing about Rise, it the trade paperback completely sold out two weeks before it released. Nice. So, holy crap. <laughs> You'll be able to get it, though, somewhere, someplace. I bet Nirvana might have a copy or two. <laughs> Not right now, but we will in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much, man. Have a great con. Thanks, guys. Okay, guys. We've got uh, we've got guests with us here, and they've got some of the coolest candles on the market, especially if you're a D&D fan. So, we're going to let them tell us about these awesome candles they've got. Yeah, um, my name is Chloe. I am the owner and creator of the infamous Dice Candles that are all made out of wax. Um, We started it in 2021, kind of as just a a hobby, but um, it kind of ended up turning into uh, something a little bit more (laughs) Um, when everybody was like, oh, I want one, I want one. Um, So now it's turned into my full-time job and business. So. What is the name of your business? It is Tabletop Candle Company. So. Tabletop Candle Company. Yep. Well, we, we met you guys at, uh, at Rocktop Game Con. Yeah. yeah. I think it was the first time we've been trying to get a hold of you. But yeah. you've been so busy because 
this is such a, a lucrative thing. So that's really good. Um, so what made you think about doing this? Oh, um, it, it was something that, you know, actually there's a really funny story behind it. So I originally had a company called Empty Tin Candle Company. And the, the theme was like nerdy candles, just with like cool scents, but like nothing else. And I went to Reddit and I posted about it and um, I was like, hey, come check me out. Give me some feedback. I'd love some, some input because yeah. the only input I had was like my friends and family and you know, they're great. Hey, they're, this is awesome. I'm so proud of exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. Like you they're not gonna get, give yeah. you their, yeah, their right. true, true opinion. Um, so I went on Reddit, posted about it. I was like, hey, come check it out. Give me some thoughts. And there was this one person, um, and I remember their, like, username. It was Dim Sum Rum. And they were like, the only thing about this that is D&D is the sticker. And I was like, man, they're right. Yeah. That's it. And I was like, I, I can't do that. Everybody's doing that. And, I mean, he said some really harsh stuff. But <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. but the most constructive thing was that, though, right? Definitely, yeah. yeah. So I, after that, I was kind of down in the dumps. I was like, you know what? I need to rethink it. I need to, you know, make something that nobody else is doing. And it just kind of hit me one day while I was driving the car. I was like, why not put dice in the candle? So then went down a, a big rabbit hole of, like, six months trying to figure out how to do that without it, like, not, you know, keep it looking good right um and finally six months later i, I figured it out and we've been trucking ever since that, so that's pretty nice yeah. who you got with you right over here this is my husband weston hi i'm weston and i uh i help you carry occasion. stuff right <laughs> yeah I, ca- I carry stuff i help uh kind of with the initial like figuring out the manufacturing of them yeah. uh and I help with numbers because yeah. it's pulling teeth to get her to do numbers. I'm a creative. You're the numbers. creative person. <laughs> right. Yeah, and no, I get that. I understand that. And, and, and he's, he's helping do the numbers. That's good. You know, but we have seen seen your stuff. I think it's really cool. And Thank I think you. that you now you guys have um, your product is in some brick and mortar stores also, right? Yes. We were uh, fortunate enough to have CM Games and Sci-Fi City are uh, – repeat wholesalers with us and we could not be more happy with that Um, we're actually in the process of getting a few more wholesalers still in tennessee uh we have in the nashville area okay um so we're pretty pumped to see you know what the future holds maybe some more out of state now this is wholesale too so they're buying your product they are and then it's not consigned correct see that's really that's a good deal there it was really exciting because our first convention here at fanboy uh somebody from cleveland uh was opening up a uh game store yeah a natural 20 works and we've been wholesaling with him ever since since day one wow Yeah. yeah Shout out, Casey. <laughs> that is great. I mean, that's that's phenomenal. Um, so, where can people find your product? So that you talk about those. I mean, everywhere because we yeah. have listeners all over the place. Yeah. So, to, to, if you can think off the top of your head, who all you've got? So, Natural Twenty Works in Cleveland, Tennessee, is you know our number one. Uh, the first one. That's first the, one. Original. Yes. the original. The um, original. Sci-Fi City is our most recent. Um, CM Games, and we have uh, a few few left at Nirvana Comics, um, and we are in the process of getting one in Nashville. Um, but basically, if you, if you can't find us in store, we're on our website, uh, tabletopcandlecompany.com, um, and we're 
we're pretty happy with the way things are going and I'm looking forward because we, we haven't even been in the business for a year yet. Right. So I'm looking forward to see what the next year holds yeah. because that's going to be pr- pretty nuts. So for people who haven't seen it before, you so you have scented candles. Correct. And you have, is it a, what dice, or is it a full set of, of polyhedral D20? I mean, a D20 through a D4 dice in there? Or so you got there is ones? 13 dice in total in oh, each okay. candle. Um, and there is a natural 20 on top of each one. Um, but we use, uh, obviously, wax dice in them. And each, each dice is a different color right. that represents each class. Um, and the scents are inspired by each class. So, right, like, for awesome. example, Bard is, is Fruit Loops. So <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> and we try to keep it um, as accurate to the class that we you know, as possible, but there comes a point where you can't describe everybody in one scent. Oh, well, she, no. she nailed Paladin there. It's what vanilla. It? Vanilla. Uh, vanilla. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I I was really trying to think of a smart aleck remark, but I, was, I think vanilla fixes it. Uh, I asked her because I was checking y'all's booth out at, at Rocky Top uh, Game Con, and I'm like, okay, where's the Paladin candles at? She goes, I'm working on it. I'm like, let me guess, the scent's vanilla. And she goes, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But you've got you've got neat little scents for each class, yeah. and different colors on the dice, and and so just the process was it just sat down and like this is my favorite scent, my favorite class, or did you actually like what would a rogue smell like? So like for me at least, um, I, I try to do as much as I could by myself, but there comes a point where you can't figure out things by yourself you have to have other people with you specifically things that are describing a, a general person because everybody has different opinions so I actually because me and my husband obviously play D&D um, but we uh, asked our party to help us yeah um, so I would make like test candles and pass them around and we would all kind of pick out what we thought represented each class <laughs> so cool. it's really made by a party for parties that's um, neat. That makes it even better. Yeah. That's even a better story. Yeah. So I, I would definitely tell that story when people are attacking <laughs> because that's that's appealing because then yeah. you get people. So that's that's really really good. So what? Um, I mean, what's a, what's your, like your your bestseller? I mean, what's Bart, what's really moving? 100%. Really? I I am not like I love the Fruit Loop smell, but like I'm I'm a very like. Um, subtle scent candle person right. and it's it's very overpowering yeah. um, so it's not my personal but people favorite love it, but right? we cannot keep it when we go to that's, conventions that's great because I mean I guess maybe we're really it, our gaming group's really different but I we I, always I, thought I, bards I, was stupid was yeah, what he's I, trying I, to say well what I'm trying to say is I don't know anybody that plays a bard is what I'm trying to say I, I think Critical Role has definitely uh, probably like, so. changed the opinion about it hey, but um, if it sells the candles yeah, and people yeah. like them I mean, that's a win all the way around. And, and I think that's neat because we, we talk to a lot of people that obviously that do art or creations in this genre of stuff, right, or anything like that. And those people are always super passionate about it. And I think that's a, a market that it, it is, is becoming more served with that 100%. kind of stuff, just in, in everything, whether it's pillows or, or the candles. or I mean, I would have never even thought. I mean, I'm glad you did because it's obviously working out great, but, yeah. I mean, I'm like, oh, you know what? That's actually a great idea. <laughs> you sit on the table while you're playing or whatever. That, that's fascinating. So I guess you're constantly thinking about new ideas and you got new stuff coming down the line and Definitely. people can find out about that kind of stuff. Do you have anything that you want to mention? That- um, since we launched in October, we've come out with Fighter, Paladin, and Warlock. Uh, so that still leaves Ranger on the table of the original classes in 5e. Right. Uh, we have a scent picked out for it. 
and we're also wanting to do Artificer. Uh, we have a premise, but yep. we haven't gotten a fragrance that we're just like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely be it. it. Yeah. It's been difficult. Okay, now this is a question I've got for you guys. Uh, have you thought about specific, like, you know, there's some legendary Dungeons & Dragons characters. Oh. So have you thought about maybe something like... Like a Warduke candle? Like a Warduke or, or a Avenger or... Yeah, Elminster candle, something like, like that. that. Yeah, It's definitely still in, like, the books. Yeah. Um, just haven't got there yet. No, we, we, we have to get through Ranger Artificer, and then we're going to actually do, like, three or four different DM candles, because that's the one where oh, we're... Oh, you, you can't put a stereotype over a DM. There is just so yeah. many different types that yeah. we, we couldn't figure out one that fits all. Um, so we're thinking about doing a first release of an AM and a PM DM. Okay. And doing like coffee for AM and like a, a whiskey for, <laughs> for, for oh. PM. Oh, oh, that's neat. Yeah. That's a neat idea. Yeah. yeah. But we'll see. We're, we got a product test and see how people you know respond to it. And then yeah. from there, we'll probably do an official launch. We'll definitely keep us in the know as you come up with new stuff because we would definitely like to spread the word oh, about yeah, it definitely. because you're local folks and you're really cool people. So, again, where can people find you online? You've already mentioned again, but let's repeat the online. Of course. Um, Instagram, TikTok, Tabletop Candle Company. Also, website, tabletopcandlecompany.com. All right. Hey, thanks, guys, so much. And I hope you sell out of what you got. I mean, he told me yesterday that you were burning the midnight oil, literally yeah. getting things done for this con. So I, I hope you – I know it's a lot of work, but I hope you sell out and have to do it all over again. Yeah, we're, we're looking at about uh, – we're almost sold out of a few of it, so I'm going to go home tonight and make some Outstanding. more. Outstanding. So. All right. Well, hey, get some coffee. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate you guys. Thank, Thank you. Thanks so for having us on. Hey, all you awesome nerds. We are here with East from Auguries and Alchemy, and she's going to tell us about her book that she has written. So thanks for joining us. So thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about the, about your book, what, what you're working on. So the book that I have here today is called Mercy's Quest, and it's book one of a trilogy, and it's dark occult fantasy. Um, it's illustrated by Fabio Lestrani, who does Marvel, heavy metal comics, and oh, all okay. kinds of different things. Okay, that's things. cool already. <laughs> that's already cool. Um, but the main reason that I picked him is because he also designs a lot of tarot decks uh, in Europe and around the world, and my book is very heavy in the occult and divination. Okay. And so that compliment really helped um, the story come along. Oh, that's, that's really neat. I, I, okay, but before we go into more about the story, what got you into writing in like this genre and things like that? So, so I'm a multi-generational divination artist from Appalachia. My family's been reading bones and tea leaves for hundreds of years. Okay, and that's really cool. And it was just a natural progression. Um, I'm also a performance artist, and a lot of people complimented my ability to be a good storyteller and my stories were always based in fact usually because I come from a very weird family. <laughs> well I was about to say I know growing up in, in East Tennessee in, in the mountains um, we're known to talk right. and we're known to tell a good tale so for you it was just a natural fit then. Absolutely and, and where I'm from specifically is southeast Kentucky so not too far from right. here and our resources weren't um, as accessible as folks even here in Knoxville. So all we had was that kind of sharing, storytelling, cryptids in the mountains. We played in the woods constantly when we were kids. Just, I, I, I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there are some amazing uh, stories from this area of the country mm -hmm. in the mountains, and, uh, magical stories and, mm -hmm. and things. And, that, and that's some fascinating stuff. And that's kind of some of the stuff you delve in in your, in your novel, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. I'm also a world traveler. I've been all over and participated in all kinds of sacred um, 
healing ceremonies in different cultures around the world. And so in my book, all the places that I mention are actually places that I've been to right. and things that I've experienced. So there's a, a huge reflection of truth in the story. Okay. And, and this is a fiction novel. It is fiction. Okay. <laughs> Tell us about your main character. My main character is Mercy. Emerson Buckley Stone's her real name. Uh, you're going to see that she is going on this journey. It's your typical hero's quest. Okay. Um, so almost like an odyssey where... What's more prevalent is the choices that she makes, the characters that she comes across, and that's how you kind of translate or connect into her story. But what you find out about her is she's not what you think she is. And so you'll see her evolve possibly out of human form into another being, and you get to kind of see how this process happens for her. Yeah, that's pretty That's pretty neat. <laughs> that pretty, uh, that, that's cool. And I, I love hearing those... Um, that, like we said before, there's stories from Appalachia or from just in general this this kind of area, and, and it's it's like it's a it's a culture sometimes it's forgotten. I guess maybe is what I'm sure. trying to say. And, and bringing that to light in, in the novel is pretty cool. I'd so. love to share uh, the initial story that kind of prompted the whole yeah, series. Yeah, sure. My great grandmother, um, who was a practitioner, she would go to church, get out of church, and read tea leaves for the right, ladies. Right. All okay. All right. She had a black box on her mantle. Yeah. And told us we could never touch it. It was something very dark and sacred. That's probably really rough as a kid, right? And <laughs> yeah. so... Well, the worst thing you can do to a hillbilly is tell them not to do something. Exactly. Um, I had a great fear of her, so I actually did not well, Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> but my little child mind imagined the most incredible thing that that could be. Right. And so I told myself that it was a human severed finger. <laughs> and that she was keeping it for some kind of reason, and I'm not going to give any more away, but right. that is how the story starts. See, that's that's so neat. But that t- your imagination was what, what's in that box? Absolutely, right. well, it's <laughs> probably better than what was in the box. <laughs> right. yeah. You don't have to tell us. Did you ever find out what was in the box no, though? The house burned down, and that box was the only thing that was left. Yeah. My uncle has that box, and I still have no idea what's. But in that's it. cool wow. though, isn't it? Yeah. I bet you don't really want to know what's in the box though, do you? No. <laughs> See, and, and we've talked to a lot of authors, right? And we're really glad you joined us. But the best stories seem like come from someone. It comes there's from their some, personal there's experience. There's a grain there's of, a truth of truth in all of it, you right. know. In it, and it's like, well, what did she add? What you know? What's real? So that part of it, it always yeah. kind of. So tell us again. This is a. Uh, it, this isn't a standalone, right? You've, you're, Correct. You're, you're, as you say, it was a trilogy. It's a trilogy, and also I was very fortunate that my publishing company signed me to six books. So there's oh. going to be three spinoff characters as awesome. well. Uh, so I'm, the first book is honestly, as most things like this, a lot of world building, a yeah. lot of get oh, yeah. to know, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, the essence and energy of where she's going. Yeah. And the actual quest starts in book two. That's great. Yeah. So this is the only one that's out right now. Yes. Okay. Correct. Where can people find this? Or it's more globally. information. About it. Everywhere, um, oh, okay. everywhere, all over the world, where you can, anywhere you can buy books online. Okay, um, and then uh, theartisteast.com. That's my website. If you want to buy directly from the artist, obviously that's also very beneficial for me. Right. It helps it you direct. out. Yeah, but they can also find out more information about about the book and synopsis and that Absolutely. kind of thing. Absolutely, right and there. tour. We're getting ready to do a European tour. I leave in a, about a month for that. Oh wow, so outstanding! Super excited about that. Yeah. Hey, that's great. So the website again? It's theartisteast.com. Okay, great, and you can find. Major bookstores, online, everywhere. Barnes everywhere. Nobles, Amazon, Walmart, Target, anything, any major bookstore all over the world, you've got, I've that got is, you covered. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. So when when are you anticipating having book two? It should be out summer of next year. And right. actually, uh, book three is going to be a quick release after that. So oh, we'll tie better. it up nice and quick. Folks, oh, you better, okay. better get after it pretty soon <laughs> because she's got more stuff coming and three spinoffs, which is going to be fantastic. Yeah. So we're excited about that. We. we 
not that you need us, but we're gonna we're gonna plug it and and and, and post the link in this uh, this Absolutely. episode for this week. So hey, thanks for taking the time. Thank Hope you. you sell everything you got on your table and everything all over the world. And good luck on the world tour. Thank you so much. All right, bye bye. All right. Hey guys, we are here with our buddy Ben, and he's got a new business. He's gonna tell us about Monster Mon- Monster City Madhouse. And oh, I have to say before we start, uh-oh. this is the eye candy booth right here. It is. Well, I was say it is. I mean, uh, it, there's there's the, the the high side and the low side over there, but we're still good. Well, yeah. you got the voice. <laughs> well, that's true. And Wes is just beautiful. It I'm is. Just, I'll give I, you that. I'll take that. I'll take you know, that. <laughs> shame I was born pretty instead of rich. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, buddy? Oh man, what a weekend! A new business for you. Yes, sir. Monster City Madhouse, where every day is Halloween. I, I was looking you know at what shop. I dig. I dig that 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 <laughs> slogan right there, man. Every well, day is well, Halloween. Well, knowing him like I do, and, and and I got a lot of friends that are Halloween fanatics, you know. So I I get that, but I love what you did because I know you're coming out of Nashville area, right? And I know you're a big uh, fan of uh, Father Ted there, the Nuge, Uncle the Ted. Nuge. <laughs> Uncle Ted is uh, is his favorite. I don't know. You've made him like. Ten bajillion times. I mean, he's like on the first. Maybe name. a little more. But I lost count. <laughs> when he puts songs into his set, because Ben's like, "Hey, are you playing that one tonight?" You know, and he's like, "No, but we're going to." It's pretty, pretty tight. <laughs> it's always been. I want to hear Motor City Madhouse. That's off his debut album. And for the longest time, I think I saw him three, four times. He never played that. And the first time I got to meet him, I said, "Will you?" please play this tonight he goes i'll work that in for you and ever since then when i see him I'm like you're gonna do motor city madhouse he goes well you're gonna need a change of pants because yeah we're putting it in there <laughs> i love that so man. you named you, you kind of named your uh, new business in honor of of, of ted there. exactly <laughs> monster city motor city it works <laughs> so tell us awesome. tell us what all you got going on over there at the booth we do i would say the specialty is t-shirts when i started out i didn't really know what direction I wanted it to go in. We got the masks, the action figures, but I would say the shirts are where it's at. And so I've got multiple companies. Uh, most of them, they're officially licensed products, and they just fly out of there. It's like I can't keep those things in stock fast enough, which is a good problem to have. Yeah. And we've got the officially licensed Halloween masks and air fresheners and pins and pops and NECA and you name it. So Monst- I to keep every- up with everything monster. Yes, sir. That that's cool. So you, are, are you getting designs? Are you making designs yourself, or are you go, reaching out to people that artists that are making designs? For Definitely you? reaching out. I would have no idea how yeah. to design. Like I have all the ideas, but I don't know how to draw right. or anything like that. So <laughs> I can relate to that problem. Uh, I think one of the companies I use they have about ten to thirteen different artists. Okay. Wow. So yeah, and it's a lot of the retro look. Well, you got one. This is one of yours on, that you're on today, right? So yes. You yes. got Frankenstein wearing 3D glasses. It's right. three. It's like he's got to a 3D movie, right? Yeah, he's going to see his movie in That's 3D. right. Yeah, he's got yeah. a he's got a, a popcorn container that has eyeballs and a finger and popcorn in it with a jack-o'-lantern on it and a drink right there. That's and it's got that whole retro like that's kind of like an 80s feel kind of that too. I, I think that's so cool. Yeah, he's got it, a good appetite it looks like. Yeah, it was like so th- this is the type of stuff that you got going yes, on. Yes, sir. When then it, I it's almost the, uh, it's almost like it would glow in the dark. It's such vi- bright vibrant colors. Right. And I didn't plan it but my shoes actually match this today. Look at that, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> got some bright sarconis on down here. But uh, you've got a lot of like the the classic 
universal stuff. Oh, yeah. That, I've I mean, always loved them. And I love the fact that you get Creature from the Black Lagoon because that was my favorite classic of the universal horror movies. Yeah. I feel like the creature and Michael Myers are a guaranteed win. Yeah. Whatever the item is. And, yeah, you can't go wrong with anything creature. So I think that kind of goes down the path of my, my next question that I like to ask is, what what is your popular item? What are you selling? You said the shirts, but, is, I mean, is there a... Is it is it the creature in, in Michael Myers? Anything you got on it that's what's going out the door or what? Pretty much anything Michael and creature. And then some shows it's just hit or miss. Like I'll sell a particular item just like crazy. Yeah. It, say I do the Nashville flea market. It's like, oh, this is always a guarantee seller. Here at Fanboy, nobody cares about it. But then, you know. They you find can, something else. Right. That, you reverse the roles. Like, okay, at the flea market, nobody ever wants this, but that's the hot item here. So. That's a, that, I mean, that's, in a way, got to be fun and aggravating all at the same time. Because you're is. like, what I bring? <laughs> right. But I know we were talking uh, yesterday, and it's like, you're, you're looking at having to expand for the next one. Oh, yeah, because when I booked all these, it's right when I started, like, hey, I'm going to start doing this. And I had no idea how it was going to go over. So I played <laughs> it safe. It's like, I'm just going to get the one booth. And it's like, yeah, I need three or four of these now. So that's, it's, it's another that's good ridiculous, problem to have. man. I mean, that, that's wonderful. No, that's absolutely great. It seems like the successful vendors and things we talk to take something that they love and expand on it and go, I wish I had this, so I'm going to make this happen for right. somebody else. Yeah, And that works much. out great. So where do you sell? You sell at shows? Right um, now it's just at shows and the goal is to have a website, hopefully by the end of this year, definitely first part of next year, because okay. I feel like half the people, do you have a website? Do you have a website? And it's, well, you've just been doing this for a few months, though, right? Right. And, you know, it's be nice to have 3000 to say, okay, build me a website. Yeah. So, saving up for that and everything else. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Now, you do have social media that people can monitor, you know, kind of what you got going on and the right. shows you're going to go to? I've got Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Monster yeah. City Madhouse for Mon- both Monster of them. Monster City Madhouse for both of those. We, we, we share a lot of his stuff because, uh, well, you know, well, and that's I what appreciate you do for your that. friends. Like, y'all, y'all have been really, really great about that. <laughs> no, nah, we like your stuff. I dig those. I really dig those shirts because that's just uh, it's super it's dark and super bright at the same time. Right. So, yeah, it's really Best awesome. of both like, worlds. Yeah, best of both worlds. I really, really dig it. So, Wes, you got the man here. You got anything else for him? Well, I kind of want to, like, catch him off guard a little bit and hit him with some uh, rapid well, fire questions. Well, you want to do that? Oh, let's that, do that, it. That, that, we can do that. We can do it. We can definitely do that. I like it. I like ambushing my buddies. It's fun. Okay. All right, Big Ben. Uh, if if you get to go to any science fiction fantasy universe, which one are you going to? Science fiction fantasy. Does the... And or, it doesn't have to be a sci-fi fantasy. TV, movies, novels, comics. Oh, like wherever you want to go. Like if you get to man. be in, if you get to play in that sandbox, which one are you playing in? Well, the first thing I thought of when you said science fiction, it's debatable whether this is science fiction or horror. But the 1982 John Carpenter's The Thing, I will I, allow it. I want to go find out who the <laughs> thing was. That's pretty brave. I like it. I yeah. dig that. I dig that. We we're going to put him at point anytime we get yes, into a fight yes. because he's obviously ready to go. All right, I like it. I like it. All right, hey, you know, near and dear to your heart, Universal Monsters. They all get in a fight. Who's winning? I'm going with the wolf, man. Going to rip him apart. Yeah. Right? Straight up. He's just, he's an absolute beast. He did not hesitate. That, that, that was just right on it. Yeah. All right. Okay. 
Okay, buddy. You get to pick one weapon. Not Thor's hammer. <laughs> even though he looks <laughs> like him. We're on to Stormbreaker. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what weapon from uh, history, fantasy, fiction are you, are you charging into battle with to take on the thing from 1982? To take on the thing. Well... <laughs> Stormbreaker comes to mind. Um, fire seems to work real great against him in the film. So, are you, you going know. with like the aliens flamethrower? Yeah, <laughs> can't go wrong go. with that. There you go. I like that one for sure. All right, um, my my favorite question to close me out here: four hour car ride. All right, you gotta you gotta you're you're driving Uber for somebody. Okay, uh, radio doesn't work. No internet service. Your passenger riding shotgun has to be a superhero or a supervillain. Okay. Who do you choose? Superhero, supervillain. One of them, either one. I've got two. Go for it. Okay, so the we first will, one right. would be Michael Myers because he's my all-time favorite. <laughs> That'd and be a quiet car ride. This guy's brave, That's man. kind of my point. Like, if I didn't want to talk, I'd have him there. Uh, and the other one is Clint Eastwood's The Man With No Name. There oh, we go. He's the anti-hero, oh, yeah. and that is one of That's my all-time That's an original favorites. answer. That, right both, both of those. Both of those because most people want to do something safe, and he doesn't. <laughs> so that's awesome. No, I dig that. All right, buddy. Bring this us is home. the most controversial question we ask. You know it's coming because you've listened to us before. I do. Does pineapple go on a pizza? Not for me. Well, thanks for being on the show, everybody. Well, you know what? It is America. We will accept yes. individual choices. There you go. <laughs> hey, if you guys love it, that's fine. It's just not for me. That's right. There you go. <laughs> that's right. Again, give us um, where people can find your stuff. And that way, if they want to find you at a show or something, that's awesome. where they can find you. Uh, so, Facebook is Monster City Madhouse. Same with Instagram. Monster now, have you got City any Madhouse. upcoming shows that you're going to be at? The next one is going to be actually here in Knoxville, CreepyCon, at the oh. end of the month. Okay. That's so the next one. That If you're Creepy listening gone. on the, the that'd future. Be perfect. No, that'd be perfect because that, that's, the, that's close and it's here. So, if you're in the Knoxville area or you want to travel to CreepyCon, right. come, come see our buddy here. Yes, sir. Check out Monster City Madhouse and buy some stuff and help him out. There All you right. go. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Y'all are awesome. <laughs> we try. <laughs> All right. You know, Wes ran off somewhere, and uh, he, I'm sure he's he's bringing in some more interviews and stuff. So we got Lee Ellis. I'm the new Wes. I'm that, the that's the new Wes. It's the new improved Wes. Yes. <laughs> we got Lee. If you're a fan of the show, you know we've done uh, we've had you on a couple times, and we've uh, we had a whole episode talking about your book series, yep. uh, the Kill Dash series. And uh, yeah, so you've been, you've been here. Oh yeah, man, we love we we love your stuff, and uh, you're awesome. Uh, the uh, Fanboy Expo. You sold out of books yesterday. I did. <laughs> As we're recording this segment, it's Sunday, and you yeah. sold out on, on Saturday, man. Yeah, totally sold out, which is good and bad. I mean, it's very flattering that I sold everything, but now I'm, like, kicking myself for not having <laughs> It's like I got to pedal some books. more books, man. But I had a lot. I don't know. I got to look at the numbers and see, but, you know, I wouldn't have thought to bring more. I don't know. I was telling you yesterday, kind of, I, I started doing these conventions during COVID, so it'd be really thin crowds and... I think this is my first real experience of an actual convention full, you know, full of people shoulder to shoulder the whole time. Right. So, yeah, I did really well. And I, lo- I love like the, the reading group that come to these things. I've noticed, you know, there's like this very small group of people that'll come to these conventions. They don't want comic books. They don't care about the celebrities. They're looking for new books to read. It's like yep. they've read everything. 
Yeah. They're, they're out of stuff to read. And well, and like self-published authors like you and some folks like that is, is who, and I've noticed that too because we've got a couple on our aisle here and people come in coming and walking away with their books and obviously that happened for you yesterday. Yeah. Or well, Friday and Saturday too. So you're, uh, you said you had book three of Kill Dash is complete. Yes. So and it's in editing. So tell correct. us a little bit about that. Yeah, so book three is complete. Um, you know, so book one kind of like give a non-spoiler nutshell rundown. Right, yeah. So... I, I, it's all obviously the same story, same genre, but I kind of take a different, um, you know, theme or, or feel to each book. So the, the first one is very, very much an adventure story. You know, they're traveling A to B. There's a, a defined starting point, defined end point. Um, they don't really, there's not a lot of locations that are, that they go to double. They're on the move. Um, that's kind of cla- like what you see in yeah, the Yeah, very classic, the yeah, yeah and, style, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, the second book, has more of like this espionage feel to it so it's um you know it focuses it's the cursed assassins it kind of goes takes a step away from the main character's journey and it's kind of showing how the rest of the world or these other societies are kind of reeling from the events of the first book and part of that is the most powerful kingdom kind of puts this you know kind of a team together right kind of follows them through these kind of special operations missions and i you know i've got like a a train heist in there, so uh, <laughs> That's you know, awesome. got kind of, kind of that classic uh, espionage, um, through spy thriller stuff. Um, and then the the third book, it is, you know, it almost feels like an anthology. Um, so it, I've, that's the point. It's kind of the apex of the story, where you know, book one and two is really, you know, they're they're full completed stories, but they're also. It, there's a lot of introductory, you know, you're mm-hmm. being introduced to new characters, new locations, things are developing. And then book three, it's like the stage is set. Everyone's on the board, you know, here, here we go. Here, yeah. So it, it jumps around a lot. You know, it's, it, there's no one front center characters jumping around to all the different characters, all the different locations. Um, but the primary character, it's called the Ronin. Um, so it, um, I have kind of this Japanese themed, um, right country uh, on one of the planets and they aren't samurai they're morai which okay. is my you know fantasy I got twist you. of classic yeah. samurai so it's kind of the the story follows this um, man he's a leader in this samurai culture and he's kind of lost his faith um, lost his desire to be a part of this culture and so I kind of kick off your classic wandering samurai story you know kind of like the old Japanese movies, this, right. you know, a Ronin going out searching for purpose, and you know, of course, that ties in with Caleb and Caleb Kildash and all the other shenanigans going on. Right. Um, but yeah, that's that's a big focus of it. It's very kind of um, Japanese esque. Um, and then the fourth book, man, I'm well. Let me go back and say that that the Ronin's complete. It's being edited, so I'm kind of at the mercy of my um, my like. Editing support folks, yeah, group, yeah. yeah, you know they've got a they read it, um, get back to me with their notes, and yeah. I've got kind of different people with different strengths. You know, some some guys will, you know, they're really good at grammar. I got another buddy; he's just great at like seeing plot holes. Yeah, and right. Like, yeah, you know, why is this here? And this guy's like hair color changed and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> my sister Amber, she's the one that's like, "This is too gory." Like, don't have this decapitation scene. So, yeah. So that that's coming down. Um, and then the fourth book, I'm just 
pecking away at now, just trying to, you know, like I said, the third book is really the apex of the story, and it's spread out to its largest point, and book four is just trying to reel it all back in. Get, yeah. Getting, giving everybody, a, you know, a proper closure, proper right, send-off. Right, yeah. You know. So, because this is a four-part story. When it's it is, okay. yeah. I think we were saying in the last episode of... We're trying to figure out what to call it, a quartet, a yeah, quadrilogy. Yeah, quadrilogy. Quadrilogy. Yeah, quadrility. But, uh, yeah. so, but to back up a little bit on this, um, the premise of Kill Dash story, though, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, this is uh, magic, using magic as a, as, as a way to travel through space, right? And correct. that's kind of how this rolled down. And, and, and just a little synopsis on how that. Yeah, so, um, you know, I'll say, I'll say as an indie writer, I'm always trying to. Um, genre blend or take you know takes do something bizarre to just stand out and yeah. be different but at, at the same time like i'm a fantasy lover sword and sorcery lover and that's probably like the most saturated genre ever yes. you know there's so many wizard and yeah. witch stories um so you know with that being said i still wanted to even if just for my own enjoyment i wanted to write a sword and sorcery fantasy so it it's my own kind of tw- take and twist on classic sword and sorcery. So it's it's that familiar medieval fantasy world, but yeah. I've infused it with space travel. And there's no, uh, you know, to, to avoid slipping into, like, the Star Wars genre, because that's kind of fantasy space yeah. travel. I, It's still a primitive, um, a primitive society. There's no real spaceship. There's no high-tech advanced equipment. It's strictly magic is how they travel. Um, and, and also, I kind of took all the heroism out of it. There's really, you know, these ad- adventuring parties. You know, it's not like they're going to save the world or defeat a dark lord. It, it's the whole industry is very privatized. It's a corporate endeavor. So it's um, these uh, adventuring is a career. So you get sponsored, you get. Yeah, that's something neat. Also, I thought that was just an, a very, a very off the wall kind of idea, which I think is really cool. Thank you. Yeah, and it's, um, I was kind of thinking about like Spanish explorers. You know, they're not, they they weren't going out to save anybody. They're getting money from right. companies to go yeah. plant a flag somewhere yeah. and, and collect taxes or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how the story kicks off. It's kind of this boring industry of like red tape and contracts and right. raising funds, um, but. On one of these expeditions, one of these funded expeditions, uh, a deckhand um, on this ship, he sets off a booby trap um, on one of these expeditions on an uncharted planet. And the result of that booby trap is he inherits or he becomes possessed by one of the most powerful wizards to ever live. So this is a, a and it's a pretty, this wizard's a pretty famous historical figure. So he inherits all this guy's powers all of his personality well some of his personality traits for the good or bad and a big part too is he inherits a lot of um this guy's memories and he has memories of historical events that aren't the same as they've been told in history books so that you know all of that kind of kicks off these new um new or these old feuds and old um you know political rivalries kind of get rehashed all over again and yeah, Wes has joined Wes us. Has hey, returned. sorry, there was a little bit of a line to get some no, food. No, no, that's okay. <laughs> Lee came over and he had a minute, so I thought we'd just we go ahead and talk about the updates and stuff like that. And it's you know we talked some of that stuff offline, but real quick, because um, I know you want to maybe go try to uh, pre-sell some of your books, get some yeah. people to go to the website. 
Tell us about the interaction you had with the Punisher in your oh. book. If you don't care to get a little, little backstory on that stuff you told us offline. Yeah, so I guess I'll, let's see. So Exodus, right? The book yeah. Exodus, yeah. Yeah, Exodus. So I wrote Exodus probably in 2015. I published it in 2017, 2018. But as I was writing it, the, the main character, I envisioned Thomas Jane, the, the original Punisher. He just, he always plays these kind of characters that are, um, you know, like a, a man of few words, very determined, has like a specific goal. And, and you see him kind of, he's just really good at that type. You know, he's, he's that kind of same character in The Mist. You know, it's like he doesn't get involved with any drama or shenanigans. He's like, I just got to, you know, save my family. Nothing else matters. Right. And that was kind of the character I was developing in, in Exodus, um, which briefly I'll say Exodus, it's, uh, it's what I call a fishbowl scenario. It's a, it's a 18 people stuck in a very small space they're on a spaceship traveling from earth to mars kind of like stagecoach the old western where everything happened and it was on the stagecoach right yeah all, every that was the world right for them yeah exactly yeah from beginning to end that's all you really see is inside the spaceship and just it's kind of a social commentary the way that they handle um or not handle or fight over <laughs> space and resources is just kind of a reflection of how we do on, on earth as a society. So anyways, and, and I'd kind of forgotten, you know, that book, I'm so wrapped up in Kill Dash, Kill, Exodus, I bring it to conventions. I sell, I love talking about it, but it is all kind of out of sight, out of mind. And um, so I knew Thomas Jane was here and I'm sitting at my booth and I'm across from some comic book authors and I see this guy walking down the the aisle of comic books and he's barefoot and he's vaping like blowing big clouds <laughs> and i'm like who is this guy walking around barefoot like vaping and then i'm, I'm like oh cool it's thomas jane and well, <laughs> one thing that i thought was cool is he was really taking a lot of time to talk to the comic book authors and yeah. and then i was like i was like man he like he's he's one of us like he's a nerd he's not yeah. just like doing these nerdy movies for the money um he just seemed like a cool guy. Unfortunately, you know, he had his back to me the whole time, so I don't even think he noticed my booth. But then I started remembering. I was like, oh, my God, when I wrote Exodus, like, he was the, the inspiration like, visual yeah. inspiration. Um, Did so you I'm like, holler at him and well, just be like, hey? You know, I felt like, a, like I was 12 years old again asking a girl to the dance or something, <laughs> so I'm, like, freaking out. And, but I did go, you know, he starts heading back to his booth, and I, I grab one of my books and get over there and they had just closed up and he was going to do his photo op and so I was like oh dang well I'll come back tomorrow so I start walking away and I walk probably like 30 40 paces and I turn around and he's like he's right behind me also walking and it's like me him and then behind him are his security or else they probably wouldn't have let me like get close <laughs> to him and so I just you know just knee-jerk reaction i just held my book out and said hey man can i give you this book and he grabbed it and he instantly started flipping through it and he gave me that like cool guy look like squinted like sideways <laughs> yeah and he's like you wrote a you wrote a sci-fi novel like really kind of yeah. admirable and i was yeah. like yeah and he's like what that's really hard to do like congratulations and i said also i you know i, I envisioned you as the main character and um he just he was on the move obviously going mm -hmm. to the still barefoot and go into his photo op, and yeah. he just said, um, I'll check it out, and he put it in his messenger bag, so. Did he have a hat on? Because yeah. he had came over I here. That, yeah. And <laughs> Bought one was, from them. What was funny was, you know, I'm like, hey, that's Thomas Jane, because I saw him walking down the aisle over here, and then yeah. I'm like, 
why is he barefoot? <laughs> and I wanted to like holler at him, dude, where's your shoes? You know, but I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I mean, there's a reason, I guess. Yeah. Um, but you went, and, you went and talked to him again today, didn't you? I did. So I was kind of beating myself up. Like, stupid, uh, I'm stupid. I know. You know how you do like have an interaction like that and you start like obsessing over every word. And, and then I start, I was like, man, that was kind of rude. Like he's like on the move, got somewhere to be, like it's his downtime and. So I was like, I'll go back over and just, like, pay for the autograph just to, you know, talk to him for yeah. a minute. So, so, yeah, I went back over this morning and I actually had a load of books. I went home and got, like, I got uh, The Expanse, The Mist, like, everything he's been in. Right. And I, like, got all the books. And But I, there's such kind of sticklers over there. They were like, you know, it's $50 per autograph. Right, right, like, right. Dang, well, I'll just get him to sign my Exodus book. Um and he remembered me, like, I, you know, I said, hey, man, first off, I just wanted to apologize for bum-rushing you. And I think he thought I was giving him another copy, like like I'm coming over every day. Like, yeah. don't forget to read my book, read my book. Yeah, but he was like, I, oh, he's like, oh, man, I got your book. Um, and I was like, yeah, but it'd be cool if you, like, sign mine. He's like, this is mine. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to keep this. And, you know, he thanked me and thought it was cool. And we talked for a little bit. He, uh, he was interested in, um, like, kind of the self-publication process and okay telling about amazon and formatting and editing and he was asking about the artwork on the cover and you know yeah, telling cool, him how man. to outsource that and it was cool so you know I, I try not to get like crazy pie in the sky dreams or yeah. get my hopes up but there's always the chance you know i'm like what if he's probably flying back to la today he's gonna have sitting this. on the plane reading so your book yeah. so when they make the movie you will know first. You'll yes. hear. They're gonna cast that guy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And Lee's gonna forget about the little guy. So no, no not at all. Yeah. No, man. I'm glad you had an awesome con. And it was, yeah. you know, last week it was cool to see you at uh, Fan Fest up there. Yeah, so, back to uh, back conventions. Where are you gonna be next time? Well, you got anything lined up already? You know, I you know I was talking to my wife about that uh, last night. I'm like, we got to find more conventions, travel a little more because we've you know kind of been you know one foot in one foot out yeah, yeah, and yeah. so the next definite one won't be till the atlanta comic-con which is probably in you know not till may or june but we're going to try to find some some stuff sooner than that. i, w- I want to get into yamacon which is the anime convention um and pigeon forge in yep. december but i might be a little late in the game on that yeah, um, check it out and see so but uh folks can as usual they can find your information they can go to uh amazon they can find works on amazon yeah. right if you go to amazon you can type in kill dash or exodus or lee ellis kill dash lee yes. ellis exodus also um our friend i can't remember the name of the the the, the board game store the guys oh yeah tollguard yeah, yeah tollguard yeah so um I got a consignment deal with them, so they're going to be carrying my books as oh, well. Sweet. Yeah. You can go to Tollguard Games there in, yeah, uh, in Pigeon Forge and probably the one in North Carolina as well. Yeah. Uh, so. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah you yeah. can find them there. And also, I talked, a girl came by um, from Barnes and Nobles yesterday, and um, she was telling me how they're kind of rebranding to look and feel more like a mom and pop store. Okay. Because um, all these big bookstores are kind of getting pushed back. So she, she said they are, they are actively seeking indie write, local writers. So oh, she, Yeah, she great. told me to come in and, and talk to her. That's awesome. So. Well, hey, get after that, man. Let, yeah. us know, let us know how that goes, and we will. Anytime 
anything happens with Lena's books, he's going he'll shoot us a message and yeah. and we can send that stuff out. So uh, go check his stuff out, buy his books, support uh, the come local, and, come and see him, independent, come and see him at the, the things he, he loves to talk to people who likes his books, and uh, stay tuned to the Nerdy Old Men podcast because we will make sure we give you all the updates. Yeah, thanks, and guys. Good, good luck on the editing process for Ronan. Hope Thank you. Hope it's done soon. Yeah, thanks. Right, it's always a pleasure being yeah. on here with you guys. Okay, guys, we have uh, a really cool, really th- cool story. This is a really cool story. Uh, Brian Petty is with us, and you've got an interesting comic story for our listeners. And if you don't care to share that with us, I think everybody'd be really interested in hearing this. Okay. Well, I'll ask you like I did before. Where would you like me to start? Let's start at the beginning. <laughs> okay. Um, well. I grew up in southwest Tennessee, uh, McNary County, and uh, moved off to college, um, lived on a farm, moved to college, uh, became an attorney, uh, swore I'd never come back to McNary County. How'd that work out for you? Well, I moved back in 2012 um, to the farm, built a house, and I currently live there now. In um, all growing up, I had a second cousin. Um, I treated him as an uncle. Uh, he was my father's age, and they grew up together. Um, his name was James Harris Petty, but he wrote under the name Chris Hanther. Um, Hanther worked for Marvel in 1969 to 1972. He worked in the bullpen with Jack Kirby. Um, after which... In 1972, he moved back to southwest Tennessee, McNary County, and created his own independent comic book. It was called Tandra. He created that from 1972 through 2021. Uh, He passed away in December of 2021, and I inherited the entirety of the work, uh, including the uh, intellectual property rights to the work. So... Uh, we did not know at the time that he also had a large collection of uh, Silver Age and Golden Age comic books. He also had a very large collection that was gifted to him of original art from Jack Kirby. Oh, wow. <laughs> he had um, the splash page of Tales of Suspense, number 59, from 1964, and the 10 following pages of that book. Uh, Those were sold at Heritage Auctions in April of this year. And then he also had the entire Journey into Mystery 108 book, which sold in June of this year, except for one page, which goes back up for auction in September. Original. 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 I mean, that's... that's as yeah. a comic book guy, when I hear that, this story, I'm no, like... No, that, that's, that's comic historical items. I mean, that's Smithsonian stuff is what that is. Oh, it gets better. All right, let's go. <laughs> <clears throat> so, in December, once we discovered all of this, um, we knew that he had created the Tandra works. Um, we did not know the vast quantity of the work or the depth. He actually published 45 independent comic books from 1972 through 1997. Um, He was in the convention circuit through the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. Um, 
I also inherited 1,857 three to four time uh, original storyboards um, and all the comic books. So from January of this year until June of this year, uh, I have worked on relaunching uh, his entire body of work, starting with Dragon Rock, Tandra Dragon Rock issue number one, which launched in June. Issue two came out in July. And we're here at the Knoxville Expo for the launch of issue number three, which actually drops on Tuesday, August 9th, but we have it for sale now. That's really, really awesome. They have gone in, because he was showing me this earlier. We were talking at his booth. They went in, took the original artwork, and added color. So it is a full-on, it pops, it's bright. It is an amazing book that's that came out in, what did you say, 72? Was that the... The original, the first issue came out in 1972. Uh, the first issue that we published actually came out in 1979. Um, we're doing a special issue in December of this year. That's 50th anniversary. It's also the one-year anniversary of his passing. So that will be the origin story from 1972. The first issue that we relaunched came out in 1979. That is, that is so I mean, is that not a beautiful book? Yes. I mean, I know our, our listeners can't see it, but we're going to have pictures up. Yes on our website and uh, all the social medias, but it is an amazing book. And you all have gone in and, and, and breathed new life into it you, and brought back something that could have been lost, which uh, comic guy in me, historian in me, just overall nerd in me is like, this is amazing. Well, what's neat is this was written a long time ago. Yes. But it's It's beautiful. I mean, the artwork is amazing. It's really nice. So that's the that's the original mm-hmm. black and white. Op- if you open that book up, Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I looked. That's the, the same art, just colorized. Just colorized. Yeah. We we oh, wow, used so cool. um, local artists for new covers. Uh, some of the and part of the reason why. It was independently published. Uh, it's an adult for mature audiences. It's yeah. not sexual in any way, um, but it's the nature of the story. Um, but we've gone and taken new cover artists to uh, inspire and create their own new covers. And then separate artists and teams, we have several teams working independently, but simultaneously on issues. But they colored digitally colored the interiors but it's the same exact story same exact artwork that was originally created 1972-79 in the first four issues and then we're ongoing um, and because of the gift that was left to me and my family we're giving back to try to recreate relaunch and make Chris Hanther my second cousin Uncle, as famous as he is, and, and that's really awesome. For one, it, it's appreciating his work, and it's it's a man who you, you did say worked at Marvel, correct? Worked with some of these legends, and has amazing legendary qualities in his art, and would have been lost. And now people can 
people can, can find this. it and they they can read it and enjoy it. Because this was something I didn't know we were talking offline, but he hand painted. It, like he hand inked. It wasn't like you know with a pen. Yeah. See that. And if you so go, cool. he's got the originals over there, and I'm sitting there looking at it, going. Oh my gosh! Because you can see the line work and just—I'm always and amazed the at these artists that can do that kind of stuff. Uh, absolutely, it's just, it's just ridiculous. And in in knowing that, I mean, we can recognize this as being amazing, but knowing that he worked with those legends, you know, and was right in there with them is absolutely astonishing. So, where can folks find this stuff? Not—I mean, not here, obviously, but but where can they find this? Uh, currently, we're in. 12 stores throughout the southeast. Uh, we've been in talks with a local Knoxville store. Uh, I think they're going to carry the book. You can also find it at hanthercraft.net. Hanthercraft.net. Do we have that? Okay. We'll make sure and that we... Brian's yes, information right absolutely. Here. <laughs> so we'll make sure we post that so you guys go and check this out. We'll post pictures of that and the link to it. Uh, go and grab these books because it's... Uh, and, and so you have... Or issues one and two? One and two are with us. They came out in June and July. Issue number three we have here, and it's in stores. And it drops on the ninth Correct. in the store. So they'll be able to get, if, if, you, if you're not carried locally at your store, go and ask them to carry it. Tell them yes. to contact them. Ask them to carry it. Uh, if they won't or can't yet, jump on the website and order directly from the company. But it would also be helpful to spread the word if you go to your local comic shop and say, hey, you guys need to carry this title because this is the story. Uh, we heard it on this podcast. We heard it from the mouth of the guy that, that's re, he is, rejuvenating this stuff. He is the guardian stuff, right? of this story. Right. So go, go out there to your local store because we have listeners all over the country and, and, and in seven other countries. Guys, go to your store and say, hey, you need to carry this book. Thank you so much for sharing that story with us, man, because that's really, really cool. Thank you. It's been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Well, he slung, he slung drinks for Pepsi for how many years? 27. 27, 27 oh, years. So. Back. Back's good. It's the knees and feet that are shot. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> Football did not help that. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, no. So tell All us right. about Angry Lemonade. Uh, well, you know, uh, my name's Junior. Uh, I have a small print shop that I run out of Rockwood. Uh, yeah. In Rome County. All right. So I'm about 45 minutes uh, east of this convention. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, so I, I've been drawing, making stuff my entire life. I enjoy making stuff for myself and for others. And uh, yeah, I basically do Angry Lemonade. People ask me where I got the name. It's just two cool words. I put them together, they sound good. It works. <laughs> you know, I, I had the vision for like a, a lemon with some blood dripping on it because I'm a weirdo and, and I just ran with it. Absolutely love that, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> really but it's do. basically just a, an outlet for me to scratch the creative itches and, uh, you know, really just struggle with people rejecting all of those itches that I scratch on a daily basis. <laughs> I so. think it's some really fun stuff, man. I, I, re- I really, you. I really do. So, you, uh, how long have you been doing this? Well, I mean, I did cons 10-plus years ago. I'm an old guy like you guys. Uh, and I, I, I gave it all up because I got tired of, you know, the, the sneers and the jeering mm-hmm. and people walking by me. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I'm a glutton for punishment. Be back. So a decade later, I'm like, you know what? Let's try it again. I need to get you I've know, healed up. I'm, I, I'm I ready. I need to get kicked around a little bit more. You know, I need some yeah. new scar tissue to <laughs> pick at. I've been nearly beat up enough recently. Yeah. No, yeah. no, not at all. And I'm, and I'm married, so I... Well, I, it, it, yeah. you really are I'm, glutton I'm for married. punishment. Yeah. I am, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I earn every scar. Yes. I, I deserve everything that I get. <laughs> yes. So, but. So you're back working, doing these things here now. Do you... Um, 
do you also do have an online presence where you, you sell your things online? Or I at least do. Display them? I do. Yeah. I mean, if you go to uh, angrylemonade.net, that's kind of where I have my services right now. You know, I'm, I make stickers and pins and plushies and tin signs and all sorts of stuff. Oh, that's cool. um, yeah. yeah, and you know, you know, you got the Etsy and all that kind of thing. I mean, I really try to push the, the services that I offer. You know, I like trying to create things or, or create services for other creatives so that they can uh, invest in their business without having to, like, you know, lop a limb off. So what, what type of stuff are you referring to on that? Well, so uh, I make I make plushies. I make tin signs. I like business cards. Uh, you know, I make I make hats. I do embroidery. We were talking uh, about the hats we earlier. Need, we need some hats. Because I'm a hat guy. Yeah. You're, and we're local, too. And I was, I was so. talking to him about and, yeah. and when he told me where you're from, I was like, ooh, we need to, we need to talk now. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you don't mind uh, meth country. It, it, oh, no. My, in, that's my in-laws are from Ray County. So, there you yeah, go. we're good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's funny. You know, we, we lived in California before we moved out here. I'm sorry. And, uh, we escaped. <laughs> yes. Okay. So it finally got so bad, my wife was like, okay, let's get the hell out of here. Yep. And uh, Come to the real country. Yeah, and I said, hey, listen, I'll go anywhere else but here. Yeah. You pick it. And she chose Tennessee. Yeah. And we landed in Nashville, and it was too much like California. So we wound up finding a house out in Roan County. Yeah, We're happy. But we lived in South Sac, where it's 4th of July every night, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm yeah. tracking. Right? Yeah, I'm tracking. So, you know, I'll, I, I, listen, I can handle some meth heads walking down the street. They don't bother me. They don't nope. come in my yard. Nope. They don't dig through my garbage. So yep. they're cool with me. Yeah, that's you know? right. I don't mind. <laughs> so, so if somebody's out there wanting to uh, get promotional products or things sure. like that, that's something else that you can provide as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Listen, I love making stuff for other people to sell. Yeah. Uh, I that My true joy is not making stuff for myself. It's making stuff for others. And then having people come back and tell me what they were able to do with it. Yeah. Uh, I don't do minimums. I try to price everything fairly so that I can make what I need. Yeah. And then people can make what they need. Uh, I believe in uh, you know shared capital capitalism. Okay, yeah. You know, everybody, you know, everybody's boats raising at the same time. Right. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. The people get what they want product wise, and the businesses get to provide that. Absolutely. And, and, and you do it absolutely. Too. I mean, you get one go around. Try to make the best of it, and if you can help other people do the same, chase their dream. Uh, all the better. Well, that's kind of what we do here is, is we like to talk to the little like guy. Like you. You know, yeah, and you. like well, the independent oh, creator. You're not a little guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, like, are you blind? Business-wise. Business I, I, I am a little blind. No. But, <laughs> but but people can get your your stuff, your artwork. Sure. Uh, online. Yeah. Or at shows. Do you have a brick-and-mortar location, or is that just where you do your printing? No, no, no. So, okay. I, I mean, right. I, I run out of I, – I, I was able to get a house with an unfinished basement. Well, so there you that, go. Uh, oh, there that you basement go. is my, uh, my, my little shop there. Um, I don't know. We'll do a brick-and-mortar store at some point for the print shop. But, uh, you know, right now we're, it's all out of the home and, and, and enjoying it. But if they want to buy my crap, you know, they're more than welcome to. They can get it all online. Well, now, okay. Chad, he, so. he does sell to celebrities. Because I have seen this. Well, okay. So, <laughs> listen. All right, these, here we go. These conventions are like, you know, a fat kid in high school with no friends throwing a birthday party for himself, hoping people show up. I'm, I'm, I'm totally and, tracking and with you on that. And then nobody does, right? <laughs> so I'm sitting there, hour and a half in. Friday was okay. Uh, hour and a half, nobody's talking to me, right? And I'm like, what am I? I'm too old to be doing this to myself, right. all right? I just need to quit doing this. <laughs> this is it. I'm done. And literally, as I'm done having that conversation with myself, you know, the Punisher walks up. Thomas Jane walked up to his... Like, I'm <laughs> yeah, sitting here, right. I'm like, that's Thomas Jane. He, he goes over to He walks straight up to the table and said, hey, man, how much for a hat? 
And uh, I'm like, oh, well, 15 bucks. I'm not giving him a hat for free. Well, right, you right, kidding yeah. me? Yeah, I mean, I mean you're here. you gotta, he, he got to make up your table. He gets enough for free. Yeah, that's right. All right? Yeah, yeah, he gets yeah. all the adulation in the world. The tree like dodge at these things. I'm, you know, he can buy a hat from me. But, uh, but you know, he, he picked my, my logo hat, and uh, uh, that was a pleasurable experience. And yeah. uh, it, it really kind of, you know, it's like, okay, quit talking negative to yourself. You're Rejuvenated right. you, yeah. And uh, the day wound up being all right. Well, yeah, so. what was neat was I'd get on Facebook when I got home last night, and a friend of mine, she'd posted a picture with Thomas Jane and he's wearing your hat. And I'm well, like, I. <laughs> yeah, so he, so he told me that uh, he was going to – he needed a hat. It's not like he was singling out my hat or anything like that. I think I was just the first boot to have it. It was the coolest hat he saw. Well, uh, thank you. I'm, uh, that's I mean, what I'll tell people The guy's not going to buy a hat if he doesn't like the hat. Even, you know. well, well, he was wearing a different hat later in the day, so he may just collect hats. I have no Could idea. Be. But he said he was going to wear it at his photo op in the morning. So That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, it was – you know, that, that's the only thing, that's the only time you can have those experiences, though, is at shows like this. You yes. know, they open you up to be able to have really cool stories and experiences and meet a lot of cool people. And, you know, I'm thankful for that. I feel very blessed to have been able to experience yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's really good. So most of the people that got pictures with Thomas Jane at Fanboy on, on Saturday. Has an Angry Lemonade shirt on well, or hat on. Well, well at, at least the morning people. Yeah. All of, all of the photos he took after that don't really matter. <laughs> because yeah. once you they took that hat off, no, they're, no, they're, no, just, no. they're not any, they're you know, not nearly as cool. That, anybody that had the PM photo op, I'm sorry, they didn't get the quality photos. Yeah, that's, I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you on yeah. that. I'm actually so. with you. So, again, we can uh, our folks can find you at Angry Lemonade. Just just Google that. Yeah, uh, I mean, most of what I do is on Instagram. That yes. shares to my Facebook page. So if you look up Angry Lemonade on Instagram, you'll find me. I'm the bloody bloody lemon logo. That's Outstanding. What it is. I, I, <laughs> that's so cool. I just love that name. Thank and that's you. good stuff, man. Thank so, you, all of our fans, be sure to go and check out Angry Lemonade. Give them a like and, uh, you know, buy some of his artwork. If you want something printed yourself, he's going to do that too. And it, a, it's looking like the Nerdy Old Men podcast hats. Will we, be might, we might make that from happen. Him, so. it, but if, if we do it, we're going to do it from him. Exactly. Appreciate Absolutely. that. Okay, man. Thank you all so right. much for Thanks, your time, guys. buddy. Hey, man, you know what? Gosh, Ooh, what, a day. What, what, a, what a whole <laughs> weekend. You know, I. I it was a hometown con for us, and we didn't know what to expect again. You know, last year was pretty good for us. It was, but I think uh, this year's this year's um, better. Better. Oh, uh, you know, we're we're batting a thousand on stuff, man, pretty much, and uh, it, it's awesome. So, not going to lie, it's been this weekend and last weekend have been a uh, shot in the arm. Yeah, for like us. like like celebrities, like real ones. Um, sitting down and talking <laughs> with us on our podcast. And well, I mean, we've got the, awesome, we man. got some souvenirs. <laughs> yeah, we we do. We we got some cool stuff too. So it's pretty awesome, man. We want to we want to thank um, not not just the celebrities, but we want to thank all of the, uh, uh, the artists and, and authors artists. and vendors and our friends that have come by to sit with us and have a good time. And it's so. been it's been fun, especially uh, not being in cosplay. It's it's different for me. Yeah, uh, and and seeing everybody and. Uh, some in cosplay, some not in cosplay, uh, but we've had we've had a lot of fun at Fanboy. It's, yeah. it's been great for us. Like I said, it was a ego boost. I do yeah, believe. it was good stuff. And and you know we hope you guys enjoy it. So please share our content as always. Uh, come and see us at the next events that we're at. Uh, monitor uh, the, our social media. The and guy that, from that's, the sky yeah. speaks again. <laughs> Every time we key up, but. Um, you know, come and, and, and check us out, man, because we were, you know, we're excited to have you, and, and we want you to be part of our uh, Nerdy Old Man podcast family. And so. if you are able to support these these vendors and artists, yeah, go check out their stuff. They've got some amazing stuff. And if you'd like to support the show, you can check out our Teespring store, or and we've got a donation button if you want to. Or come pick up a shirt. 
you know, something like that. It, it goes a long ways to supporting the, the podcast, but, you know, man. It's good stuff. It's hard to believe it's over with. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, just like he said, at the very least, for these vendors and authors and artists and stuff, go and like their Facebook or like their Instagram or their TikTok or something. At the very least, do that for us and to help support them. So We would appreciate it. Yeah, until the next great episode of the Nerdy Old Man Podcast, this is the Old Ball Man, Chad, with the one and only Redneck Wes. Yeehaw! God, that was horrible. <laughs> Don't ever do that again. <laughs>